おはよう、はじめまして。私の名前はラズルです。私は作曲でグラフィックデザイナーです。現在、私はあまりにも多くのプロジェクトのに取り組んでいます。よろしくお願いします。あ<笑>あ、uh, that basically means good morning because I know it's、uh, 11 a.m.、Uh, nice to meet you. My name is、uh, Lazar.、Uh, I'm a Music composer and graphic designer. Currently, I'm working on too many projects.、Uh, so,、uh, thank you. Yoroshiko no Igaishimas is basically like、uh, hope we will be、uh, having a good time, something like that. But you can translate it as a thank you. <laughs> Perfect. What well, a coincidence. I... My name is also Lazar. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> double trouble. Oh. And Lazar, who are you? <laughs>、uh, well, I'm also Lazar. I'm、uh, the dude living in Emily's apartment.、Uh, that's, a, that's about all I am, nothing else.、Uh, I live in my girlfriend's shadow. In her garage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I have my own band of the neighborhood trouble boys. So,、uh, so for anybody that's listening,、um, uh, Lazar and Lazar、uh, are both friends of mine. The one that lives with me, I'm dating. <laughs> and, and the one that、uh, is in Belgrade right now, Belgrade right now is、um, uh, his friend from、uh, high school. And I ended up being friends with him、um, because. Uh, we like, both like graphic design and, and web design and a bunch of other stuff. So I thought it'd be fun to hang out. I've never done a podcast with three people before. So it's a,、uh, I don't know how to do this, but I'll figure it out. <laughs> it's going to be very chaotic. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. You had, a lot of, you had a lot of experienced professional people, and now you have two idiots on your podcast. <laughs> so it's going to be fun. Two of ours. So I. Yeah. So、uh, I, I guess the, I was kind of curious if you guys remember、uh, like the, the time frame that you met and like what you thought of each other when you first met. Because I know you're really good friends now, but I think you met in high school, right? Yeah.、Uh, we met in high school in、uh, architectural technical school.、Um, what I first thought of Lazar is he's boring as hell. Every time we would、uh, go to school and he sit next to me, he would tell me all, all his stories about、uh, rowing, and all those stories were basically the same. And every morning at、uh, 6 30 a.m., he would start off, Wow, man, this was the hardest training I ever had. We like rowed、uh, 10,000 kilometers. 10,000 kilometers is just a. Uh, hyperbole. Figure of, <laughs> Figure of speech. Hyperbole.、Uh, but then、uh, we ended up being great friends, although I think, still think those rowing stories are boring as hell. They, they do tend to be very boring if you're someone that's not into rowing. To be fair, they're boring if you're in rowing. I just tell them <laughs> to get them off my back. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you were kind of like my.、Uh... How would you、Punching、say?、Back. Nah, it, it was more of、uh, unsolicited mental therapy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>、uh, well, man. How do you say Chester in uh, English? Uh, uh, compass? Compass. 
drawing compass yeah drawing compass uh lazar once uh uh stabbed me with a drawing compass during class so that's uh you make it sound so violent it's i was poking you with the non-pokey bit non-pokey you poke with the needle man so so uh Lazar Lazovich, how do you uh, remember uh, other Lazar when you guys uh, first met? We were sat down. I think it was like the second row of uh, desks. Yeah, we were, we were sitting next to each other, and I was just feeling broken from practice. And the professor was saying something. God knows, I can't remember. I didn't even remember. wasn't even listening at the time, and so I just turned to him and was just trying to like start any sort of conversation just to kind of escape from the boredom. And uh, very quickly, the professor learned to dislike me because of all the talking in class. <laughs> and that's kind of how I remember the be- the beginning of it. Beginning. Yeah, you just you just uh, bothered him into being friends with you. Basically, that's a very accurate <laughs> description. Real accurate. <laughs> so you guys met when you were like, I'm guessing, like 15, right, or something yeah. like that. Okay, okay. Was it 14, I- 15? I don't remember what age we started high school. I think it was 14, but I remember you from 15. Ah, yes. The first year was uh, pointless. I'm not going to comment on who sat next to me. (laughs) Oh, my God. I remember that. We're going to just stay silent. Did something happen? No. It's a nuisance of a human being. No, he's going to listen to this, so don't... So, um, so you guys went to an architecture high school. That's not like that normal of a thing uh, in the U.S. We have like magnet schools sometimes for like math or science, but I've never heard of like an architecture school. Do you guys, because I think you guys got to pick which school you got to. So why did you guys go to architecture school? It was the closest. (laughs) Yeah, it was the closest. Both of you have the same answer. Yeah, for uh, for me, I just wanted something that was close to my house and or rowing, so it would make the commute significantly shorter. And it happened to be something that anytime I would take the aptitude exams for, everyone, every one of the uh, testers would say to not pick anything related to anything artsy, because I will fail at it, and to go for engineering. And so it just happened to align. Uh, in my school, uh, elementary school, we have those assessment tests, and every single one got, uh, you should go to architectural school. <laughs> so, basically, I think it was the same for your school, but in all honesty, my parents uh, went to the same school. My father is a university professor for civil engineering, so it was kind of the obvious choice for me. Uh, but... I didn't choose because of that. I I just think it was the closest. It was the deciding factor for me as well. Lazar told me that uh, I've heard, um, I don't know if I would call them horror stories or just like (laughs) post-traumatic stress of just the level, like the, the school system in Europe and in Serbia specifically of like being extremely hard. Does that the check out? Would be a very... Does that check out? Uh, uh, I don't know how to answer that because I didn't go to school. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> uh, I skipped class a lot, but uh, in my defense, uh, 
uh, I don't think it was uh, that big of a deal. But uh, yeah, it was ex- I think extremely you're concrete, my friend. Concrete beton. Oh, yeah. oh, beton. <laughs> it was extremely stressful, and even installations we had to make uh, the poop go away. What? Oh, we had to. It was sewer design and plumbing, so you would have to design the building that you had to design for. Well, project design, you had to equip it with sewage and plumbing, and then mm-hmm. where it would go, what angles the pipes would be at, what type of pipe, what thickness, and so on and so forth. Pekelne i odvodne vode in Serbian. Throwing in Serbian words doesn't really help describe anything. <laughs> yeah, it will, it, will, it will help. I believe it will help. Now, that class wasn't too bad, but concrete and uh, statics, because God knows that professor hated me, because I would cough in class, and that was yeah. not allowed. But the, that professor uh, was uh, better than uh, the concrete one, because I had concrete with her and static uh, also with her, so I had uh, a much harder time than you. But That's true. That is true. The whole school is... Uh, uh, very technical so we had a lot of projects every uh how do you say predmet laser subjects subject subject every subject was uh closely related so we had uh planning to create uh, a house and that that would translate into concrete static uh installations and many other um uh subjects so uh, and every subject had like I don't know twenty papers, twelve papers. I don't know which oh are extremely God. extremely detailed uh, drawings. So you mess up your uh, seventh one, and the teacher basically says you have to redo something in the first one. Then when you redo something in the first one, you have to redo something in the second, third, and so on. It was terrifying. <laughs> It was also wonderful that when you brought it to, and she was actually our head professor, the one yeah. uh, for the lead project design. So when you would bring her the sh- like a printout of all of your sheets, uh, for the that was the she was pers- specifically for building construction. So you would design your own building. In the first term of the design, it was what was called load bearing wall design, where the walls would take up most of the weight. In the second uh, class for design, it was a skeletal system. So kind of like the big, tall skyscrapers where most of the weight is distributed onto the skeletal system of beams and pylons. And so oh, when you would give, basically, when you would hand over your drawings to her, she would like, she would mark, mark them up for you to correct them. And she loved using a thick black marker. Just so, just so you could very much see how much of a mistake you made. And so you don't have it in your head that it's a small mistake. You need to understand that if you don't fix this, you are failing. Because how she graded it was, if the building is fine, that's an A. But if it's not, that's an F. And then how she would get the other grades would be on how late you were to submitting each, uh, pro- each update for the review period. Thankfully, because I got a lot of exemptions due to not showing up in class for the rowing team, I was able to skip that part of, and so I would just present the final project and she'd be like, okay, I can't really give you an A because you never showed up. So here's a B and I was perfectly fine with that. In last year, 
uh, I submitted my project like uh, one month early and she didn't want to accept it <laughs> so she made me do it uh, one month longer that it was <laughs> she, what? she did even though everything was correct because uh, I don't know what was her problem she just wanted us to show up at, at school but uh, Lazar and I I think were the ones with the most uh, exemptions uh, he had legit reasons but I did not I just didn't show up I think uh, they just confused us by name so it's like ah both of them have <laughs> we had three Lazars uh, me uh, Lazar and uh, <laughs> one other so it's it's possible yeah yeah <laughs> so lazar wasn't like i heard that he would just be like like go missing for a long period of time often just being like in another country or rowing somewhere was was that normal was that weird like <laughs> he would tell me stories and i'm like that's not a thing that happens in the u.s nobody goes like missing for like two months and then comes back and like everything's fine yeah yeah he didn't <clears throat> basically he didn't go to school <laughs> um it's normal because um we have great uh, uh sportists so lazar was uh athlete athletes athletes sportist yeah uh athlete uh, lazar was uh really great uh, he, he still is i probably no, no, think emphasis on the was no, was it, it, it ended on the was um <laughs> but um i have i have something on my mind but it just flew away it happens often with me um so lazar some, something about lazar but uh how he would just <laughs> just go missing but he told me that like he uh came back and he had to do like a year's worth of work in like a couple weeks or something like that yeah. do you yeah, yeah, do you yeah. remember talking to him during that time period um not showing up to that to classes when that happened and just studying from home and then showing up to, to what was it like i had three exams for concrete i had to do all of the projects for well the pro the project that I was able to draw in AutoCAD, I was able to do at the rowing camps and at the uh, races because it's all on my laptop. And then everything else was just kind of a mix of uh, oral presentations and written exams. So that was just a fun time. I was very lonely when he was not at school. Yeah. So he didn't have you didn't have your other Lazar. <laughs> No, yeah. other Lazar was the uh, shortest oh, yeah. uh, man in the class, and uh, Lazar was the tallest man in class. Yeah, we we fit the entire spectrum of height. <laughs> Lazar, Lazar is every the best. Time, every every single time I would go absent because of uh, rowing related reasons, someone from the class, I think it was the twins, every time would spread the rumor to all the teachers <laughs> that I quit school. And or that I transferred, yeah. and then I would show back up, and then everyone would be confused why I was there and say, "You're a professor. You know, you would have to do paperwork if I left." How did they, how did they trick you? Well, but uh, but yeah, I was uh, curious that you guys are really good friends, but you guys met each other when you were like around fifteen. Um, uh, Lazar, can you tell me? Because I know about um, Lazar's childhood. He's I've seen pictures and videos, and he told me about. Uh, what he was like growing up but uh would you be able to tell me kind of like what you were like growing up like what kinds of things that you were interested in because sometimes it's funny that when you find 
what you're really interested in doing, like in, in life and in work and stuff like that, you can kind of find parallels in what you were naturally interested in when you were a kid. So like, what were you like before Lazar met you? Uh, what was I like? But basically, uh, we were into survival, me and my childhood friends. So behind my uh, complex, there's a forest. So we would always uh, go outside and uh, imitate Bear grills. So it was uh, always an adventure with us. We even had our own tree, which is now cut. And we all had our bases like kids next door. So my childhood was like uh, a Cartoon Network uh, cartoon. And we were into stuff like parkour. Parkour was uh, my introduction to art, basically, because I'm really big into art. Uh, at like age, I don't know what age I was, like nine, eight, we started filming all sorts of... Uh, in parkour clips, uh, I even learned to do a somersault when I was like 11. So that was a great accomplishment for me. So I started out with uh, video editing. We had those old phones. I don't know you, uh, if you in America remember those. Like Sony Ericsson W810i or K750. Uh, basically, they had some kind of uh, video editing software nothing too fancy uh, but you could add music to it uh, you could uh, add photos videos and make a compilation i still believe uh, we think i th i think we still have a uh, a video from that era on youtube but i don't know what the uh what the channel is so i'm kind of sad i can't find it it was named i think test 123 because uh <laughs> Logic reasons. And after that, uh, when we split up, uh, when my friend, because he he was, uh, uh, he was, he is two years older than me. He went to high school before me and we stopped uh, creating parkour clips. And then uh, I started learning guitar uh, and started making music. A fun fact about me is that I do not know how to play any song. I never learned anything uh, from start to finish i just uh, play a couple of riffs on the guitar and um, just uh, give up on that and start composing myself so from 2009 uh, i began composing music till this day and every day uh, i create uh, five five six uh, uh, files where not all are full songs but a couple of snippets that maybe i will finish later in, in the future but i never do i just stick with the one i like the most so that's basically the shortest version of my life in a couple of sentences that's equivalent to uh if anyone is familiar with painting miniatures what's called the pile of shame aka all the minis that have not been assembled or painted <laughs> pile of shame yeah. i love my songs <laughs> yeah but they're unfinished and it's shameful that they're not they're pretty good <laughs> they're awesome when uh i was talking to lazar about um 
uh just like about you and the things to talk about in the podcast and he he said yeah i remember we were in gym class one time and he did this like flip on the wall and and something like that and i'm like so i'm guessing that's like the parkour thing that you were talking about from the, you would do that with your friends yeah parkour is free running that's like gymnastics but in the wild uh and that flip i still can do that flip but i'm not going to try because uh as i'm older i realize that i'm more scared of heights uh as the time goes on i'm really really breakable so yeah that was parkour everyone was fascinated oh my god So what what kind of music did you listen to growing up or or were you like oh this guitar is cool also I can make music so like how how like what kind of music did you listen to mm, It was heavy before. into turbo folk y- Yeah uh, uh <laughs> how did they say off brand Allahu Akbar uh <laughs> turbo folk um uh the old memes uh I started out with metallic Metallica was my go-to band. I was really into heavy metal, but uh, later, as I realized, I don't want to be associated with metalheads because I didn't just listen to metal. I just liked metal. Uh, I uh, drifted away from creating heavy metal. So I listened. To... <laughs> well, I don't know if you, you probably don't know those artists. I like uh, domestic music. Uh, like uh, Azra, Johnny Stulich, he so he, sti- he still is my hero, but I don't listen to that anymore. That's like ex uh, Yugoslavia rock and roll music, but mm. it, it it isn't really rock as in rock. So sometimes it sounds folkish. Uh, oh, because we from the Balkans are a specific kind of people, but. Uh, I listened to mainly everything. I even listened to bands that people thought were cringe here in Serbia, like Plavi Orchestra, Blue Orchestra. Uh, hey, who told uh, that they uh, were cringe? I grew up. I grew up on that music. I guess I am kind of a cringy human being, though. A cringy human being, but the that band, Plavi Orchestra, uh, the composer, the lead singer, created the most iconic soundtrack in a tv series in my opinion that is called uh, vratiće se rode in serbian uh, uh, how do you say rode in english uh, storks the storks, storks will come home the storks will come home so i recommend everyone who wants to uh, learn about balkan specifically serbian culture to watch the storks will come back there has to be some english subtitles somewhere online there probably are because everybody in serbia i think uh, respects that tv series thinks that it's it's the one of the most uh, one of the biggest accomplishments in uh, cinematography here why is it so good i've never yeah. heard of it before it's really 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 good and a lot of the, uh, depressing a lot uh what, what, but what is it about uh, i don't know how to explain that easily because it's multiple stories uh about uh a life here in serbia different uh, there are different characters so 
I just suggest watching it so you you can get a better picture. It uh, has uh, Serbian humor in it, so it's depressing plus uh, funny at the same time. But mostly to me, it's really, really, really depressing. Uh, yeah, I think there is a movie uh, made after it, but I may be mixing up things uh, right now. So, yeah, Plavi Orchester, Metallica, Johnny Stulich. Iron Maiden and a whole lot of stuff. Now I mainly just listen to jazz, classical music. Mm. But uh, in all honesty, I do not listen to music that often, even though I am a musician composer. Uh, currently, mm. my favorite artist is French Kiwi Juice. Do you know who French Kiwi Say. Juice is? You say kiwi like like the fruit, and then juice like orange juice. Yeah, French kiwi juice. Oddly I've never enough, heard of I that know person. Of the, I know of the artist, but because of a dude that did a cover on it. Yeah, FKJ. Uh, uh, he, he's more. Uh, he's known more with the, that acronym. Is that an acronym? Yeah. Yeah, acronym, English. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why? Why do you like them? Uh, it's an uh, it's a one man band. Uh, yeah, him. He sounds like classical mixed with jazz to me. I don't know. Oh. Uh, I'm trying to think. Why do I like him? I don't know. Basically, many times when I listen to stuff, I don't know why I like it. I just feel I like it. Uh, I never, um, four years back, I never studied music theory. I, uh, when I started, started uh, when I started uh, studying music theory, I had like a great shift in my uh, music composing mentality. Um, but I still, uh, still uh, have uh, that feeling that uh, I cannot explain. Maybe composers, artists, and uh, I don't know who uh, can uh, relate to that, but um, I think it's just the feeling he produces. Uh, uh, and uh, today I found out about another artist that uh, I resonate with, uh, which is totally different genre. It's pop music. Uh, she's called Remy Wolf. And the song no. I'm listening uh, which is opened in the tab right now. It's called Thick <laughs> with uh, double C. <laughs> <laughs> what What did you think of the the song that I sent you a couple of weeks ago? Do you remember? Um, there is that pop song that somebody that I knew made. Um, C Ray Dio. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think it's a banger. Uh, I showed that to my sister and we were listening to it like nonstop. Now I can't listen to it anymore. Oh, really? Uh... Okay. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, uh, but yeah, it's, so... an, it's an awesome song. It even inspired me to create uh, a track similar to it, but I'm not uploading that. So there's the, the thing of like making music uh by itself um where you're just listening to it and that's it and then uh there's the other one where you're like connecting it with other things like video games and uh movies and stuff yeah. like that 
And so, like, do you think about those things differently? Uh, no, I do not think about those things differently. Uh, for graphic design, for whatever design, because I created a surreal art on my Instagram page, uh, I th tend to think uh, in absolutes, in completes. I don't know how to say that. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, when I make music, I have uh, pictures in my head. Uh, when I create pictures, I have music in my head. But it all basically uh, ends up uh, being um, the same for me. Uh, and um, it's, this is a good question. I don't know how to explain this because I just do it. I don't. Um, I don't think too much. I don't overthink everything I do. I just, uh, I w wake up one morning, uh, I have a melody in my head. Uh, okay, I sit down, uh, the whole day passes by. I don't even eat, I don't even drink, I don't, nothing. I just sit down and create music. Uh, and the whole time I'm creating music, um, I uh, I do not think like, yeah, uh, after this chord, this uh, chord will be fine. This melody will be fine. I think in stories, what, what do I, what feeling am I feeling uh, right now? Uh, if I'm sad, it's going to sound uh, depressing. If I'm happy, it's going to sound uh, happy. And when I'm happy, I think about happy stuff like, yeah, I'm going to go eat some ice cream. It can't be <laughs> that stupid. It doesn't have to uh, have uh, any deep meaning uh, like I lost the love of my life. Uh, somebody died. Uh, I, uh, I'm re really sad because life is passing by. I have a song on my YouTube channel. It's called Space Egg. Do you know what was the main motivation for my Space Egg? No, I don't know what the motivator was. The motivator was uh, I was creating, creating. I was making uh, eggs uh, one evening and said, "Whoa, this is a space," <laughs> and that, that's basically it. No real, no real motivation. And my friend comes to me, "Yeah, this song has a sad note in it. I can feel it in my soul." And I was like, "Man, <laughs> that song was." Uh, made for an egg I ate like two days ago. <laughs> I, I, when you sent me the, the song recently, it was, um, uh, I, I think, I can't remember. You, you sent me the, 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 uh, the MP3 file and uh, I gave you the answer of what I, I thought the song was about. And it was really interesting because like, um, uh, I remember I used to go to like, uh, orchestras and and stuff like that growing up, and uh, you would uh, they would say this song is this it means this, and then you would hear the song and you'd be like, I don't get it. I just hear sounds like I don't understand the story that you're trying to tell or anything like that. But then uh, when I when I listen to your like uh, song and the whole way through, I kind of had like an idea of like what I thought it would be, and I started like picturing people and how they're interacting and stuff like that and it was kind of weird like normally when i listen to music um like admittedly it's like pop music and like <laughs> cardi b and doja cat and like it's not that deep <laughs> yeah um, uh, 
I mainly listen to uh, in my free time when I want to have fun. I also listen to Cardi, Doja, and commercial stuff. But um, the reason why it uh, sounds why you why you could imagine stuff because um, I too I put too many stuff into something. In this uh, specific song, uh, I didn't put too many stuff, but I like uh, put taiko drums, Japanese traditional per percussive instrument. Uh, I had my voice within some trance gate. Uh, trance gate is when it uh, cuts the vocal in equal, uh, vocal anything in equal um, divisions uh, in, a car, in a piano. So. I don't know. Uh, I liked your imagination. Uh, I still have uh, uh, New York City in my head and dark colors and people and uh, 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 and the guy who is chasing you getting swallowed in the crowd, but you don't know where he is and he doesn't know where you are. It's, um, maybe it is because uh, uh, the only music in the last uh, one year I listened to was from movies. I really mm. like movie and video game soundtracks. So the last year when creating, I, um, like I said before, I have pictures in my head. So I'm trying to, uh, with my music, I'm trying to describe uh, what I am thinking of visually. Um, and it ends up uh, something you can't really listen to in your free time. It's uh, most of my songs when you go on my channel and play them. Those are not uh, songs you would have fun to. There are a couple of songs you could uh, uh, vibe to, but uh, most of them are created uh, uh, art uh, that is supposed supposed to be just art. It's supposed to be uh over the top uh, it's supposed to be uh, supposed to uh, explain describe my emotions uh uh in uh, every little detail possible not uh, it's not i do, and mainly i do not upload those uh, songs so people could listen to them i upload those songs so i could listen to them i yeah, send them just to just have to, them have uh, them all I, in one place yeah, yeah, I send them to people so they can hear it, uh, but I only send them to a couple of people so they may feel the emotion I feel at the moment, or that I'm happy that I made the song, so maybe it will make them happy. And it functions like a temple. My channel, uh, one of the... Uh, Sorry, uh, my uh, brain is uh, getting really confused because I'm thinking in English and Serbian and even oh. Japanese. <laughs> so there, there is a term for that uh, I rec recently read, but uh, uh, a term that I used to describe my channel is a temple because uh, uh, I go to my channel and look at uh, a song uh, it says one year ago I entered... Uh, link and when the uh, song starts playing i suddenly start feeling the the exact same emotions i felt uh, when uh, creating that song um 
And so it bring it's like a time machine. So it brings me back. Um, the reason I use the word temple because uh, when meeting new people or new having new experiences, um, uh, you tend people tend to have a song they listen to in those uh, time frames, uh, and when time goes by. Uh, uh, when people hear uh, again that uh, same song they go back in time just like i described this uh, song that i made but uh uh if you are happy in that time frame and you come back uh, to my channel you're gonna find peace uh, i would say because it will bring you back to a time if you're sad if, uh, or even if you're happy uh you would uh, feel uh, as if you you were uh, in a sacred place. I don't want to say my music is sacred or that uh, is um, uh, something wow. I think of my music as just honest. Uh, but the, the temple term is uh, the most accurate uh, thing I could say. Uh, about my music and what it actually represents and why you you can have pictures and why you can imagine things uh i always put um some kind of uh, design on them i you're familiar with you, my channel so there's like um a song named aloha because i was uh, in montenegro one time and uh I thought I was in Hawaii, <laughs> and so I made uh, a picture with waves and strawberries and my face uh, that is not visible. Uh, my eyebrows are visible. Then there is a, a song with a flower, and inside a flower you can see a planet Earth passing by because space is behind it. So um, places. Uh, I don't know. I just got lost in my thoughts, so I just gotta stop talking. <laughs> but I—it's weird. Like I don't really feel that way. Sometimes I do. Like I remember songs that I would listen to uh, when I was in like awkward parts of teenage life, where you listen to it and you kind of feel like you're back there. Because the funny thing is, is like sometimes I look at pictures of myself from that time, and I really don't look that different. So it's very—it's like you feel like you go back to that time listening to that song. I feel that a lot more with like um uh smells like if I if I go to the ocean and then you smell the the sea and it takes you back to trips or or food or something like that. But yeah, it seems like the the how you feel about like the songs that you make is is different like do you think it's it's kind of like a it's it's similar. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. I I know it's not it's like a, just like a totally different thing. When Do you remember like the first song that you made? Do you remember like going into the program and and doing that for the first time or was there always like little songs along the way? The first song I made was not recorded, but I do remember it. The first thing I learned was smoke on the water like every other guitarist, but uh <laughs> Maybe uh, uh, the second song I learned was my song, so uh, 
I don't know how it goes anymore because I never recorded it, but I I feel like I remember it. I remember myself on, on my terrace uh, playing. Uh, I was so fascinated. I was like, Dad, Dad, look at this. I made a song. And then I went in my living room, uh, put the guitar in the air and said, Good night, New York City. <laughs> <laughs> So I, yeah, I really, really remember vividly how it went. Yeah. But uh, the the thing you said with smells is um, the same as with music. Uh, mm. Smell is uh, like uh, vision, like hearing uh, a sense. So it produces similar similar feelings. Uh, I also have that with smell, but when I listen to music, uh, I can re even remember the smells I uh, had during that time period. Uh, and mm. I, I yeah. wanted to also talk to you about your uh, your Instagram feed. Yeah, like you know what I'm talking about, like the the it's it's, it's like the craziest thing it's the craziest thing i've ever seen on instagram like it's it's this so it's a three instagram post per um per row and then the whole thing is like this art piece that just keeps on going down and transitions into the next thing like like what is that all about <laughs> like it's crazy uh my instagram feed uh like my music, uh, it always somehow finds a way to connect. <laughs> um, Very deep. It's an, uh, I don't know how to explain. It's like a stream of thoughts. Mm -hmm. uh, and everything that comes to my mind, uh, I do not spend a lot of time making this, in all honesty. I just uh, sit, open up Photoshop and like... 30 to 40 minutes later i have uh, one segment uh like 24 20 something pictures um that are connected and uh they're schizophrenic just like my music <laughs> <laughs> why do you call it schizophrenic it's just it's a uh, different <laughs> feelings different emotions different colors um yeah but uh that is not the mm, description i came up with it uh, all my friends said your instagram page uh, is really schizophrenic okay so uh, i i like it so i went with it no offense to schizophrenic people <laughs> i know that it is not like that <laughs> so when when you talk about like uh like music and then there's also so i can see the connection more between like um the music that you make where it's standing on itself and the music in movies because they're like storytelling and things like that and that makes sense but kind of where um you move even like farther is the video game sound design and i remember yeah. you what was it was like persona 5 that you posted about Yes. Do you remember what I'm talking about? Yeah, where it was like the redesign. That's totally different because you have like when you hover over things, there's a sound reaction. I feel like that's a lot more like interactive. Do you like and and less 
maybe less storytelling. Like, what do you what do you think about that? Because I know you're still you're interested in in that kind of stuff too when it comes to sound. Yeah, uh, it is interactive, but I still think there is a story to, a story to be told, even with uh, uh, that kind of design. Specifically, what you're talking about is uh, user interface sounds. When you uh, when you hover over on a new game, load game, uh, uh, when creating a main menu music, specifically that uh, sound and compose composition redesign, um, the sounds from the composition or song must fit the sounds uh, that are in the user interface and uh, uh, all those things have to fit well with uh, the aesthetics of the game of the interface huh? uh, so mm, I think you can do more storytelling with uh, a sound design than you can do uh, with uh, compositions uh, in a sense, when you create a composition, just like you said, when uh, you listened to compositions and said this uh, means this and that, uh, and you never felt, uh, uh, why does this uh, mean that? With sound design, uh, you can actually uh, tell a more compelling story. Um, uh, the, uh, the easiest explanation would be... I have to bring in linguistics in this because uh, I was uh, a few years back thinking about this really, really, really deeply, but in Serbian, so this will sound very odd in English, maybe. Um, you give uh, it a shot. <laughs> in languages, you have a part of speech, like nouns, verbs, uh, adjectives. And there is something else in Serbian, I don't know how would you say uh, in English, uh, it's the functionality, subject, object, uh, attributes, uh, that are not just uh, explaining uh, one word, but uh, uh, one word, so that are not explaining uh, single uh, words uh, rather than uh, a composition of words. So... Um, in sound design, uh, uh, wow, this is extremely hard. So you have something that is called Priloška odredba za vreme, prilog, adverb, I think. Adverb for uh, time, adverb for um, uh, the way, način, uh, adverb for uh, location, uh, and when you translate that into sound design, in my words, in my imagination, you can say uh, footsteps are, uh, are something that you can describe, like uh, uh, it can be a verb, it can be predicates. Lazar, can you please help me with this? How do you say predicates? See, I'm trying to Google the damn thing, but it's... <laughs> it's so <laughs> not a part of English language that I, it's hard to explain it. Uh, uh, it's basically how the words themselves are going to change throughout uh, different tenses, genders, because Serbian is a, is a language where every word has a gender. So depend, uh, so verbs are going to, ch like the word itself will change depending on the time 
depending on if it's uh, possessive or not, if it's depicting uh, female or male and so on and so forth. I have That's a definition. The best way I can describe it. Uh, it's the part of a sentence or clause containing a verb and uh, stating something about the subject. Uh, and that could be uh, in sound design uh, footsteps. So mm. uh, it can explain something that is happening. Uh, and if you put uh, the sounds of a forest and the wing, wind uh, flowing through the branches, you can say, aha, uh -huh, that is the uh, uh, location uh, those footsteps are appearing in. And you can uh, hear the crunching of the leaves. Um, and you can make a more compelling uh, story with those kind of uh, uh, sounds than you can make with, hey, I'm going to play a C major chord. Major chords are uh, super uh, <laughs> happy, so it will sound happy. Um, no, <laughs> you, you don't know what is going on. Everybody has a different uh, uh, feeling explanation uh opinion about uh, what uh, a song sounds like but you can make even with uh songs uh, compositions uh, a compelling story for example in star wars uh the music goes along with the, the story that is told visually so um uh, Maybe try, uh, maybe people should try uh, watching movies and uh, uh, trying to and try to uh, predict the future, what will happen in the movie based on the song that is playing in the background. Because uh, absolutely, most, <laughs> most of the time the song can uh, uh, ring the movie or even make make the movie even more. Uh, grandiose I, I remember uh lazar can attest to this i will like leave the room if in a movie the music gets to a certain point i'm like well obviously they're playing this music somebody's gonna die i don't want to see this so i'm gonna leave uh the yeah. jump scare soundtrack or stuff like that that's actually <laughs> a, that like bring back that back to game design if you're playing a horror game like the old dead space or dead space 2 not so much dead space 3 because didn't really go for horror as much. Yeah. But in those games, you will have the music start building up to something, and you like start to anticipate something will happen, and then the music just fades away. Nothing and it'll <laughs> rile you up so much, get you ready to get super scared, and then just leave. And it, like, nothing happening just leaves you with that feeling of something's going to happen for so much longer than if the xenomorph aliens just burst out of a uh, vent. If that happened, you would have gotten that conclusion. You would have had the jump scare and then you would start calming down. But because of that buildup and then just it disappearing, you're like, did I miss something? It's like, what's happening? It kind of sticks, <laughs> it worms, your, uh, worms itself into your head and just sticks there for a lot longer. And then it builds for the next time that happens. You're even more tense. And then when it finally, like, the the scare happens it gets an even stronger reaction from you then you quit playing 
nah, you, you <laughs> got you push through. Otherwise, you feel like a complete wimp. <laughs> I, I've uh, grown the understanding that uh, Lazar will play video games that he hates and play them anyway. Like they're his favorite game. Do you? Uh, no, that, you're specifically talking about Destiny Two, and that's not just me. That's every single human being that plays that game. I've not heard a single person that plays that game that hasn't said that they hate it, and then they can continue playing it for some unknown reason. Oh my god, I don't get it. He's like, I hate it. It's also my favorite game, but I hate I know. it. It's, <laughs> it's a problem. I have never played Destiny two. Don't do it. Or, or I don't Destiny. think you're missing out. <laughs> Definitely not missing out. I'm not going to play it. <laughs> I rarely but, uh, play games, uh, so it has to be a good game like Rocket League. That was sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> You're just so, waiting like, for the new Minecraft update, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> Are Fortnite. you being serious? No, 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 I do not play video games. He's a serious human being, trust me. Do you have any um, any video games or, or games that you used to play uh, growing up that now when you hear their their sound effects, uh, it like takes you back? Because when you were talking about game design and like uh, sound design for games, I couldn't. I kept on thinking of like uh, Pokemon Pearl from DS. If you remember, like Nintendo DS. Uh, I have never played Nintendo games. Uh, I hate them. Just kidding. I, I like them, but I never played them. <laughs> I'm more of a PS fanboy than an Nintendo. Oh, okay. Oh, you're one of those but... people. Well, La- Lazar is a PC master race. Of course I <laughs> Master very... race. Yeah. Not being able to afford a console as a kid uh, ended up being a fairly good thing because the PC is so much cheaper overall. But you don't have games like we have. Let's start a console war right now. I can emulate (laughs) anything that's on PS. It'll probably burn up my computer, but that's not the issue. (laughs) We turned it on one time and it sounded like it was about to take off. So do you remember that? Oh, yeah. That's, uh, I I had like a bad, uh, when I first assembled it, one of the wires wasn't fully in the port where it should have been so it sounded like you were starting on uh, starting an old soviet car that just started breaking halfway through the uh, engine starting but then it turned on so we're good it's working and therefore it's fine i pushed in the cable all the way and no issues there <laughs> so uh, w- when we were talking about like um uh describing uh actions and describing sounds and stuff like that and how it's different in serbian like there's probably gonna be like no way for me to understand that until maybe like years down the line or something like that if i actually understand words and everything um but uh when you talk about that so do you do you think that it's like easier to describe sounds in serbian like when you just when you talk about music is it easier to like talk about what things sound like Definitely. Everything that I uh, say in Serbian is uh, much more coherent than uh, anything I say in English. So um, onomatopoeia is, I think, a universal word for uh, sounds. So you asked me uh, before we went on uh, uh, the 
PC Master Race, PS, uh, and consoles, <laughs> uh, do I have any sound effects that uh, bring me back in time uh, from a certain video game? And there, there are a lot of sounds uh, that bring me back. The one of the most, which is a meme right now, right now was a meme, is the sound from a Metal Gear Solid that um, Bram's sound. I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> I would just ask you to do the sound. <laughs> oh, there it is. Okay. Man, and that's not the song. I just made a random Oh, song. okay. Uh, and some I need to mention this because I'm maybe I may be uh, going to switch to my Tarzan English because because it is a lot easier for me to uh talk in english do you know what tarzan english is is it like not using a and the uh no 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 it's oh, okay it sounds like a russian accent okay it was uh, never easier for you <laughs> it is easier for me because uh i really uh hate not rolling my r's uh, and my tongue gets twisted uh, a lot so it is really 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 easy for me to talk <laughs> with a uh, hard r even in japanese there um, is not an r sound so it is difficult for for them to pronounce it so yeah i'm going to switch to tarzan english which is an uh, interesting subject that i want to talk about i came prepared no i didn't um <laughs> uh, because i i basically no two and a half uh, languages it is serbian english and uh, japanese uh, which one is the half uh japanese <laughs> <laughs> um english sometimes but uh that is be only because i do not use it that often i uh, listen to it i do not use subtitles i don't need subtitles even if I don't know the word, uh, I can, uh, through context, uh, understand what somebody was trying to say. So, mm -hmm. uh, a Tarzan English is basically Serbian English. Uh, and English is <laughs> an uh, interesting uh, language because uh, when you uh, go to England, that's British English. When you go to America, mm -hmm. that is American English. When you go to Jamaica, they have uh, Jamaican English, which is a legit uh, form of English. When you go to India, there's, uh, I don't, I think it's called Indian English, but uh, I'm not sure. When you go to Malaysia, <laughs> there is Malay English. And, mm -hmm. and those forms of English are not the same as American or British. They have some different rules. So, uh, for me, speaking in Tarzan English or Serbian English. <laughs> um, why Tarzan? Not... Why not just uh, like Slav English? Like why why Tarzan? It's a joke that we have here in Serbia. It's a colloquial joke. Colloquial joke. I um, feel like it was, it's a fairly accurate description. It, it, it's a great description for uh, uh, Serbian English. Uh, for Balkan English, I don't know, uh, Slavic English, 
Well, I like calling it Tarzan English because it sounds nice. <laughs> <laughs> when uh, I, I I do have to admit, like uh, I I can't roll my R's. Like I that's never been a thing in my life. Like I, I never understood that words like could be la or le. Like having a gender to your words or or adjectives like was like a totally foreign concept to me until I was like 15 and like it was just really weird and and uh I I I feel like crappy sometimes that I can't pronounce Lazar's name accurately <laughs> like I know I have an American uh. accent and it's fine and he doesn't care um but it, it just kind of sucks that you I, I just I can't pronounce my boyfriend's name right and it's just it's just weird <laughs> Oh, Lazar. I feel like Lazars. you're the only person who cares about that. <laughs> I'm the only person that cares. Like, it does not matter. Um, yeah. Some people uh, want to uh, have their name pronounced really, really, really well. Some people have a thing for that. Um, especially people from a niche. <laughs> <laughs> really? Did uh, uh... This was just a joke. I don't hate uh, <laughs> people from niche. It's just that I'm uh, looking at an Instagram page, which is, which is a great Instagram page. Uh, it's called Dnevna Doza Pravopisa, a daily dose of, uh, how do you say, grammar? I, uh, okay. Grammatic, grammatica and Pravopis, uh, different stuff. Um, it's basically the same. Enough. Close, close enough. Um, and there is uh, a post about dialects. Uh, some people in Serbia don't know how to pronounce Lazar's name <laughs> properly. Uh, let, they say? Uh, let alone Americans. <laughs> what? How do they pronounce your name? Mm, they put uh, just like you say, Lazar. Uh, oh, we don't okay. say Lazar without the R. Basically, it's what? R. Uh, just with R, not oh, R, okay. R, Lazar. Uh, okay. The, there are different kinds of uh, dialects here, so people do not... Uh, uh, I do not care if you don't know how to pronounce stuff, but uh, a lot of people that are not from Belgrade uh, have uh, some sort of complex... Do you say complex? Complex, Lazare. That makes sense, yeah. A com complex that they, they do not speak uh, the same as we do, so they hate us. And I just threw in a <laughs> joke about niche because uh, that's the most common place you're going to joke about when uh, talking about accents here. How how do they um, talk to you? Can you? Do you know how to... Can you say something that like would be different? Like, what do they say that's different? Because I, I can think of, like, Florida versus Texas versus Boston are all different accents. People here that uh, do not uh, like people from the South, where niches would probably descri describe it as hillbilly accents. Oh, okay. And, uh, <laughs> that's maybe the closest... Uh, accent but the, to me they do not sound like hillbillies or anything similar they sound <laughs> just like they have a different uh, dialect accent than me i do not have a 
superiority complex. But yeah. many pe- people from niche that I met, uh, um, there are exceptions. Always joke about uh, dialects, uh, and I think there is a hidden motive because uh, I am from Belgrade. <laughs> so, so what kinds of things do people assume about you guys because you're from Belgrade versus other places in Serbia? Like, what what would somebody like assume? That we're better than them, <laughs> but we're not better than them. <laughs> um, well, let's not go a... that far. <laughs> <laughs> is it because it's the the capital? It's the biggest city. Everybody wants to come to Belgrade. Belgrade is basically the Los Angeles of Serbia. Oh, okay, Got well, it. not anymore. Everybody's living Los Angeles now. Oh yeah, maybe the Austin, Texas. <laughs> Austin, Texas of <laughs> Serbia. I I I should really cool down with saying jokes about stuff here. People are gonna get offended. That I'm I do not like my own country. I love Serbia. No, no, no. all jokes, all jokes. <laughs> Disclaimer. Yeah, I remember when I went. Um. Uh, and, I, and I was telling you a little bit before, like, when I, uh, so I went to go see Lazar's family um, uh, the summer after our freshman year, and we started dating back in 20, 2017? Yeah, 20, yeah, back in 2017. And uh, uh, when I went, I went to go get my hair cut. And I told you this, I just want to say it again. Like, I went to go get my hair cut, and... Uh, the woman was like, oh, where are you going? And I said, I'm going to Serbia. And she's like, oh, like, you're going to have to cover your hair for his family? Like, are you comfortable with that? And I was like, what are you talking about? And then I realized she thought I was talking about Syria. Yeah, when that was I the said first time Serbia. I've ever heard someone confuse Serbia with Syria. Normally it's Siberia. And I get, like, yeah. do you have to have a very heavy coat there? It's like, no, it's, it's, it's very warm. <laughs> It is quite steamy during summer. <laughs> quite steamy. Uh, I heard both uh, uh, misinterpretations: Siberia and uh, Syria. And and even so... the time that uh, that I I googled what time it was in Serbia when I was talking to you, and it said the Google suggestions of what was the most common thing was what time is it in Serbia, Russia? And I'm like, that's, Serbia, that's Russia. <laughs> Yes. And I'm like, that's not, that's, I don't even know what to do with this question. <laughs> I like that question. But the answer <laughs> mu- mu- must be yes. What time is it in Serbia, Russia? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no other answer. <laughs> so, like, what, since we're talking about languages and stuff like that, so, um, you, I, I, Lazar told me that you guys had, like, English classes in, in high school and at least Lazar learned about, uh, like, learned how to speak English from, like, watching uh, Steve Irwin and, and like, TV shows. That... <laughs> and then he said that he actually had, like, an Australian accent when he started speaking English because that's the person he was learning English from. So, like, before we get into, like, Japanese, like, obviously Serbian first, but how did you learn English? Watching cartoons, playing video yeah. games. Uh, yeah, he had the it. Mickey Mouse accent while we were in high school. 
What? <laughs> no, I did not. That, that is a, a joke. Um... Is it a joke? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nerv nervously. Are you confident? I don't know if he uh, uh, heard I had a Mickey Mouse accent. Maybe I didn't. Uh, maybe I wasn't uh, aware of myself. Lazar, how did he talk? He talked normally. I'm just joking. Okay. <laughs> I thought my laughter would have explained enough. I didn't hear you laugh. But, um, <laughs> so you were talking about, but, uh, yeah, so it was just like, like TV shows and stuff like that. Like, what kind of shows did you watch? Like, there's, I don't know why I think of like Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends. Was it like kids shows and stuff like that? Well, uh. When when I went uh, I went to school uh, when I was uh, six, so uh, I became aware of myself at the age of five. <laughs> so <laughs> ever since the age of five, six, seven, uh, I just n know English. I don't remember mm. uh, anything. So from it was from that time period. I watched uh, Kids Next Door, Courage the Cowardly Dog, Foster's <laughs> Home for Imaginary Friends, Powerpuff Girls. Basically everything on Cartoon Network. I remember listening to this one person that said like, uh, um, like nobody in his family spoke English, but they put they put him in front of like uh, English cartoons, and then he just learned English that way. And then they went out to eat somewhere, and somebody, uh, um, the waiter talked to them in English, and he's like, "Oh, this is English." And then he responded, and the whole family didn't know he spoke English, and he was like five years old. <laughs> So it was, he's like, I wasn't aware of learning it. It just like was just in my brain. And then I just answered him. And I just I didn't, wasn't like thinking about like, I think he, he spoke Vietnamese and he spoke English. And he's like, I don't know, it just happened. So that kind of reminds me of that. Yeah, uh, I think Lazar and me uh, were the only people in class during high school that never studied for English and got all straight A's. Well, sometimes uh, I did, you would do. I did end up getting a few bad grades because the professor would be like, okay, uh, put the verb in the appropriate tense, and then it would have been the most open ended thing on the planet. Yeah, those English tests in high school, uh, I recently came back to them and uh, started uh, doing it. Uh, they are not uh, created, uh, not made really well. Um, Lazar was telling me something about something that one of his English professors was saying, and he said that to me, and I only speak English, and I was like, um, that's not right. <laughs> like the she she said like like a and the weren't important or something like that. Yeah, she said that uh, there's no reason to put the in sentences. So she the one thing was she wrote on the blackboard, pick up phone. I was like, you can't do that you have to add the to specify that it's a specific phone otherwise it's just like pick up it, it, it both sounds incorrect and is and she proceeds to get very cross with me for uh i can't imagine her. having a conversation with somebody like that and like me only speaking english and being like i don't know what to do <laughs> why am i getting points off when i'm absolutely correct uh, it, it was uh it was an interesting time in class.
teachers uh, in uh, our high school. I don't know uh, which teacher you're referring to, but uh, uh, if I want to, uh, I can talk in a pretty decent lang uh, accent in English. I can pronounce words correctly, but uh, I tend not to because I don't care about that stuff, really. But can you uh, like imitate an American accent? Because sometimes I hear that from like people who have really heavy like Russian accents or British accents, and then when I hear them uh, speak in a fake American accent, it's like really weird. Because I'm like, oh, they're uh, one of us. <laughs> I I do not uh, think I can pull off a reasonable American accent. Uh, I can try, but I'm gonna cr cringe later. We're gonna give them gears. Oh, oh my god. god. Of we... all the accents? I can we tell you watch the History gear. Channel. We're gonna give them gears. You could have gone, you could have gone Boston, you could have gone New York, you could have gone anything Hello, Tony. You... And you went like, like... Florida. <laughs> I feel like that's more Louisiana. Louisiana? Yeah, I feel like Louisiana oh is more God. with the bayou and stuff and such. Yeah, so <laughs> so enough with with the accents from from my country. Um uh, like so when when you I heard that um uh well like I th the first time I heard about you was I was like talking about friends from his childhood and and he talked about uh friends from rowing and he and then he talked about you he's like oh, i have this friend um he's going to school for japanese and i'm like that's cool and so I, and then we like i saw your music and then your art and stuff and so what got you interested in japanese and made you want to study it in school like what's it because i know there's like so much out there when it comes to like art and movies and tv shows and uh like food and and everything when it comes to japan and lazar and i want to go at some point uh obviously we can't now but maybe at, at some point <laughs> so like what uh what made you interested to do that in college i do not watch anime i do not <laughs> read the mangas uh, you have to I clarify have... that yeah i um, <laughs> because uh, everybody assumes that uh, I know all the animes, uh, all the mangas, and uh, I don't want to say that word because I think it's offensive, but um, I do not like that stuff. Uh, the reason why I, uh, uh, the reason why I'm studying Japanese at college is because if I want to be an artist, I do not need to go to uh, college for art. Uh, it can be an obvious choice, it can be uh, the best choice, but uh, it doesn't have to be. For example, uh, when you go to art college, uh, specifically for fine art, let's say, you're going to learn all about uh, uh, art history. Uh, many people do not like uh, to learn about art history. Many people do not, 
uh, do not like to learn anything that is uh, in a fine art college. They just go because they, oh, I draw well or something like that. Um, but art history is, uh, in my opinion, the most important uh, there because when creating a new art, because you're going to be an artist, you're not going to be anything else. Maybe you would work at a museum, you would work uh, uh, in related uh, fields, but if you're going to be an artist, you have to be open-minded. You have to learn about uh, uh, more than just how to technically achieve something uh, that you have in your mind. Uh, and when um, uh, studying, uh, when, when creating art, the more you know, the more associations you have in your head, the more uh, uh, your picture is more vi vivid. Uh, everything is a lot clearer what you want to do. And with the specific uh, thing in mind, so I could get uh, uh, open me up to something that was not present in uh, my life. And I can say that studying Japanese five years now, um, it has uh, uh, inspired my art more than uh, anything related to art. <laughs> For example... It, it, more, the... than, uh, more than memorizing dates and times that artists have... Uh, were born and passed away. That's it's uh, more inspirational than than memorizing things. Uh, when you learn uh, about Japanese culture, I don't know where to start for, with <laughs> Japan because uh, it's a phenomenal uh, place, a phenomenal country with uh, very dedicated people. Uh, they lock themselves up during the. Uh, 19th uh, century and uh, for 200 years they uh, thought money was filthy uh, and uh, let themselves uh, enjoy art, create art. Mm. Science here and there but uh, mostly art. And uh, learning about a culture doesn't mean just uh, memorizing dates it is uh, tra trying to understand uh, why they created for example the f famous uh, wave uh, picture ukiyo-e uh, do you know uh, mm -hmm. yeah so um, when you learn all about uh, one painting for example or one style of painting um, you internalize what it means to be uh, a person growing up in that era. Uh, I never memorized any dates. I still don't. Uh, the only two I know are 720 and 712, which are dates when they uh, released um, uh, uh, their uh, first books, Nihon Shoki and... Uh, Kojiki, where they explain Kojiki is similar to the similar to the Bible. It is not similar at all, but it could be a, a reference point. Those are the only two dates uh, I think uh, are really, really, really important. Everything else but, is not. 
uh, important. You, when studying uh, Japanese, uh, you have to open yourself to understanding why is it uh, like that, not to memorize a date. Dates are uh, extremely unimportant. We have uh, a lot of cultural uh, subjects uh, and they're all full of dates, all full of uh, prefectures in Japan, all full of uh, dates that are not really important to memorize. When you uh, read through uh, uh, like 500 pages of uh, Japanese history, you have to come come up with a conclusion. What does this all mean? But uh, when having an exam, they ask you about the dates. So, um, <clears throat> the way I can explain it is, uh, I think people got it wrong. Not at just at my faculty, but mainly about uh, history culture and all that stuff those are the things that uh, are supposed to be the most inspiring for creating art but people do not tend to think like that uh when i watch youtube videos about um uh, graphic design for example because i'm really into graphic design and when i say graphic design i mean everything from uh, posters to user interface uh, that's all graphic design to me um I do not watch videos where someone will explain how to achieve uh, a specific uh, effect. Uh, I watch to see how that person thinks. Because that's the most reasonable way for me to learn. Because I do not want to achieve an effect that somebody achieved. I want to create something of my own. And I know I can achieve uh, after you mm, go through the basics of I don't know, Photoshop, or basic, basics of graphic design on paper, because you have to learn about color theory. Uh, you have to uh, learn a bunch of stuff. But when you pass that, uh, everything that inspires you is not uh, uh technical in nature it is uh, like story wise I think that sums up because I will digress even further if I uh, keep on talking about that it summarizes everything uh, the, the reason why I am studying Japanese cultural language and literature <laughs> it, I, I like that because when when sometimes I I talk to people I don't know if this is an American thing or or something like that. Like um, learning things outside of the the job that you want to do, um, or or outside of getting certificates that help you with that job. A lot of people will see that as like a waste of time. Like sometimes when I talk to people, um, and they'll they'll come up to me and they're like, so like why are you talking to people that don't do exactly what you do? Like, why, why, why did you have a conversation with a painter? Why did you have a conversation with somebody who does like, uh, I don't know, like super advanced, like, like coding and stuff like that. Like that doesn't make sense. That's not what you do, but like, I don't know. I think that there's like so many things that you can take from something that's like slightly outside of what you're doing well with yours it, it makes a lot of sense um just having so many more things to draw from 
Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. That's what that's what I think about it. Like, um, uh, I think for you, maybe if you went to a school that was just like technical um, drawing and, and painting and art skills, like you wouldn't have that that thing that inspires you to actually like have that have any meaning to it other than just achieving the uh recreation skills what do you what do you think about that uh going to a technical school uh would probably <laughs> bring me a lot more money but in terms <laughs> of creating art that i want to it would probably turn me off because at one point i uh, tried to um uh capitalize on my music in a sense to make more commercial stuff uh and the moment i started creating uh, something that is in alignment with uh, the norm uh what people want to hear what goes well with what uh, uh i started to hate music <laughs> well i didn't start to hate but uh, a huge disliking uh came and uh, I wasn't inspired, I couldn't create a single song, I couldn't create anything, even um, uh, even designs I couldn't do because uh, I was so demotivated because it uh, put all of the um, emotion out of it. Uh, mm -hmm. and so when going, many people in music, uh, even in fine art, but uh, I can say for music definitely uh say hey i don't want to learn uh, music theory because it will uh, take the magic feeling uh, i have uh, with music uh yeah uh technical stuff can really uh take out the uh, motivation inspiration magic anything but it can also be uh very helpful uh for mm -hmm. me uh i learn stuff that uh, and when i think it is enough uh, uh i stop learning about technical stuff and from what i have learned i uh, uh i uh, create something that is my own uh i'm not going to create something that is uh terrible uh i uh, I think I have a very good eye and a very good ear to know that something does not uh, sound uh, like garbage uh, or that uh, the colors are not um, in alignment uh, with e each other. Those are the basics. When you mm -hmm. go over the basics, uh, you can create a lot more stuff. And that American thing about uh, not talking to... Uh, people that are not uh, from the same uh, sphere as you uh, is not just an American thing. People here in Serbia think like that. Uh, they cannot connect uh, dots. Everything is um, connected in some way. Learning about uh, African culture uh, will definitely uh, help you uh, in anything you do, in programming, in art, uh, uh, in even in singing, in uh, writing, in uh, everything, learning about um, 
random history events that occurred can uh, uh, help you create uh, very uh, moving art. But um, I think that is uh, a very, very wrong way of thinking. Uh, mm. I don't know about uh, uh, American colleges, uh, but uh, uh, I can say that, um, in my opinion, uh, college is not something you go to to uh, earn money afterwards in life. Maybe you, if you go to college for uh, uh, healthcare, medicine, uh, uh, or, or uh, something like that, uh, but when you go uh, specifically in social sciences, uh, it is not um, for you to uh, earn money, it is for you to uh, get a higher education and uh, uh, get a better understanding uh, of the world that uh, is around you. The only Even issue in... with that is the fact that you incur an enormous amount of debt. And that's why a lot of people in the U.S. view the whole aspect of branching out as potentially risky because of the sheer fact yeah, that... Our, our schools are like $80,000 a year sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So therefore, uh, the the whole aspect, which is, which is also interesting, it's usually the people that will be telling you to diversify your stocks portfolio are going to be telling you to stick to one art form or stick to like the specific job. Where, yes, diversification in knowledge helps a lot and it improves your skills in ways that you don't really expect. You don't expect learning about how a specific brushstroke will help you with a painting for that later to kind of transfer to how a specific tone will alter your music. The only issue is in the U.S. is the more classes you take, the more price, uh, more of a price increase you have at college. So it's easier to kind of do that through your own research and through study outside of school and outside of college because of the internet and the accessibility of higher knowledge through that. Yeah. Lazar, since you're, so like I, I do web design and development. Um, Lazar does like music and art and web design and all of these other things. Uh, Lazar Lazarevich does uh, um, engineering, uh, civil engineering, and kind of closer to what he studied in uh, in the architecture high school. So, like Lazar, what do you think about like um, uh, talking to people of like totally different backgrounds to helping you with your job? Do you think that that would that would happen? You're talking to me, right? Yes, yes. Okay. We we should have made like a code, which Lazar. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh... So wait, you asked specifically about uh, how like I does this apply to you? Yes, it does. Uh, especially with, for instance, with civil engineering, it's civil engineering is a fairly broad term because it encompasses a lot of different parts of engineering. So it specifically requires you to learn stuff from geotechnical engineering, from architectural engineering, from sewer design, and so on and so forth. So kind of built into it is the need to diversify with your knowledge, otherwise you can't really maintain yourself in the field. And so when you're talking to a lot of people, they will specialize, because in the firm that I work, you have 
civil engineers that specialize in, for instance, sewer design and pipe fittings, which sounds like a fairly simple thing, but then when you realize how many calculations go into it, how much you need to know about water flow, about uh, a lot of different principles of physics and how, like Bernoulli's equation and so on and so forth, you can't. Re you have to have someone that specializes in that uh, specializes, not specifies, but specializes in that, so that he can look over and manage the people that are more of the design people, kind of like me, who works in CAD a lot. So he will explain to us why th things are happening and why it's being done. Mm -hmm. And then at the same fact, he will cooperate with the person that's uh, for electrical design. And then, so you, you kind of how a civil engineering firm will be is you have a few of the people that are like are specialized in certain aspects of the field, and you'll have a lot of people that are kind of, that have a diverse understanding of everything, but not really like a full mastery of it. And then yeah. they'll kind of cooperate uh, to design the project itself. Because if you had just people that were like masters in that specific field, they could only do that little part on the project and then they'll have to send it to another person. But now that, but since you have a lot of people that know a decent amount of everything, they can start on a project and then be guided through by a bunch of the, uh, project managers that specify that, uh, specialize in certain aspects. I don't know if that made any sense. I felt like I rambled on quite a bit. <laughs> No, like I and I remember when when you and I first met, like you, uh, like some the thing that was like most important for you telling me about you and everything is that you showed me um pictures of of family, you showed me uh places that you've been to, and then you showed me like all of these buildings that you've seen uh throughout uh uh traveling like to Italy and to a bunch of other different places. Uh, one thing that I I wanted to ask both of you. Um, which is, uh, so, so my aunt is an architect. She, um, uh, works in, uh, Washington DC and she's worked on like residential homes and she's also worked on like big government buildings and stuff like that. When she works on the clients that, that are more like the residential places, she will, before even like drawing up anything, before doing any big steps or anything like that, she'll actually ask them for all of their music playlists. So she can kind of get an idea better of like who they are as a person. So like, what do both of you think of that? Because I, I never heard anybody do that or say that before. And then my mother told me that she did that as like a regular practice when she's getting to know her new client. So like, what do you think about that? I, I could say that if she asked me that, she would be very confused of who I am as a person because my... Uh... <laughs> My music preferences tend to differ very, very wildly. Uh, so she would just think I'm a schizophrenic mess, I would imagine. <laughs> uh, this is fascinating to me because I have the same principle. When I talk to people, really? uh, I ask them what do they listen to. I do not ask. I don't, I don't uh, tell why do I ask that, but I do that because... Uh, uh, this may be totally wrong from me, but, but uh, the stuff you listen to can greatly tell me who you are as a person. Not uh, uh, as a whole, but in this specific uh, moment. If I uh, hear someone is uh, listening to something that is uh, out of the ordinary, uh, but mainly listens to uh pop uh 
uh, I can tell that something is going on uh, in their life. So music uh, that you listen to, like the sneakers that you wear, um, <laughs> can tell a lot about the person, especially music. That's uh, my opinion. And this is the first time I have uh, heard uh, that somebody does the same. Uh, yeah. I'm really and in such a in a business situation too, like it's yeah, not yeah. like a going out to coffee, getting to know somebody. It's it's really like uh, before I do business with you, I have to figure out uh, what your musical tastes are. <laughs> <laughs> but as Lazar said, uh, if I ever show my playlist to someone, a real real schizophrenic mess. <laughs> Or, or or you just have like you're not a boring person. There's Maybe. that too. <laughs> like I feel like if everybody listened to like the same thing and they were like very predictable and stuff like that, they'd be kind of boring. Like being open minded and super interested in like Lazar likes a lot of uh Puerto Rican music, but he also likes uh metal music and he also likes all this kind of stuff. So when you look at it, you're like, what is this mishmash of random things but it's like i don't know there's not like one way to do anything so being open to it makes you like a real normal person yeah i agree <laughs> so uh um we we talked about like studying japanese and everything like that but one thing that like you and i have uh uh in common is that we're both interested in like web design and uh development and all this kind of stuff and i introduced you uh to webflow a little while back or lazar did uh <laughs> uh talking about uh me being interested in webflow so like uh w when did that start that you got interested in um because i know that you have a lot more coding skills than than i do and you're familiar with uh other languages and stuff like that so um there is there is uh um like parkour <laughs> there is music there is um art there's all of this kind of stuff so like how did you get to the web design part of your life i created my first website uh in 2012 really uh, yeah uh and it was a joke uh website uh about my friend being a homosexual uh, oh, okay. I'm not. It's uh, just just a joke. He didn't like it. I thought it was really cool. Okay, nothing so, against that. So um, yeah, it all started in 2012. Then I learned HTML and CSS. Just uh, it just came to me. I just learned it, uh, and then. Uh, put that away and then i got into architecture school and uh at the end of school we have uh, uh, internships prax uh, uh where we go to uh, a uh, construction site me and one other student uh, were uh, exemptions and they sent us to uh uh, internship where we would uh, learn about HTML and CSS. So I went like on an internship for two weeks, and we were creating the most boring sites 
really really um <clears throat> boring stuff and then again i put that away because it was really really boring for me it was nice creating something that visually seems appealing yeah but uh, i didn't want to code i learned to code but i didn't want to and yeah. then uh one, one year ago as uh i was like yeah uh, I need to make money, so <laughs> uh, I'm just going to do something that is modern and uh, that I know that I know. Mm-hmm. So uh, when I started, uh, I came back to HTML and CSS, learned uh, uh, a lot, a lot more JavaScript, and two years ago I started learning Python. So I know wow. a little, <laughs> a little bit of Python because Python also has a great web development framework, which which is called Django. I don't know if you heard about Django. That sounds Django familiar. Unchained. Oh, Lazar! It's a good movie. What do you want? I like that movie. It's a really good movie. <laughs> I can say one of my favorites. Uh, uh but uh, yeah i started doing web development again so i could just uh uh get money because i'm not going to make money with music anytime soon uh, maybe in the future i hope but in the time being uh, a reasonable thing for me to do is to do something that is uh more profitable Mm-hmm. And that's basically so, how I came back to web development. And and so I don't know, I I actually really I love web development. I think that it's really fun. One thing that I uh uh well I also um uh I'm not I'm I'm part of like the low code uh group um when you're using webflow um because I think that I remember it taking like html css and javascript classes in college and i just remember so much time and energy was just like wasted trying to find the missing comma or something like that that was going to make the whole thing work and like crying in front of my professor i'm like i don't know what's happening (laughs) and him finding the issue and then me thanking him and like crying during exams like i was i he was that professor was one of like the nicest professors that i ever had he was um super nice to to me uh but he uh uh i don't know i was it was just so rough and but when i when i did get things to work um uh it it felt really cool like it, I remember I used to take painting classes. I used to do. Uh, uh, I used to paint with my grandmother because she's a like a really really good uh, classical oil painter. Um, and uh, when I was coding, I don't know why, but I started feeling like um, so weird. But I started feeling like I was painting um, like with math and like words and logic <laughs> and it was and i would refresh and it would be up there and i don't know that that's kind of a not weird thing to say but it's it's just I, it was just the thing that would kept on coming in my mind i'm like oh i'm painting today <laughs> just with code and um 
but when I got into like web development and everything with Webflow, it it literally I felt like there was just like a weight that was just gone. Just being able, I mean, it's not. Yeah, it's it's not like something that's that's a, a super easy thing uh, to learn. It's way easier if you if you've taken classes and all of that kind of stuff, because then you can like add additional uh, stuff to it. And y you've worked in Webflow before, um, and it's just like so so cool. And just I I remember I was working on a project, um, and uh, I was going to design it, and then I would go find somebody to develop it. And then uh, it was taking a while to, like, get the uh, estimate back, like, a normal amount of time. But for to me, it was just taking a while to get it back. And in that time period, I was, like, spending all day, every day. And Lazar will remember this, like, the hours and hours I would spend at the kitchen table just, like, going through all of the classes they had available on Webflow's website and everything like that. And I just felt – how did I describe it? It's like I, I felt so – good just being able to say like i i got the the quote back from the guy and uh i looked at it and i was like this guy had, he, he's a really nice guy i'm not talking bad about him at all um and i might work with him in in the future if i have any like wordpress specific needs um but i i looked at the estimate and i was like this guy has like 10 years of experience i can do this project i've been doing this for like a month and I can make that amount of money. <laughs> I'm not going to say like how much the 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 estimate was, but I I went to the client and I said, okay, you can either do it in WordPress, this is the amount, um, and or you could do it uh with me, and I'll do it for like only like three thousand dollars cheaper, up to you. And they picked me, and I I don't know, like I, that was the moment where I I realized I could like quit the the job that I was working in as a maid. <laughs> I was like making people's beds and, and cleaning up after them and stuff like that. And I, the people were nice to me. I just like, it's not what I wanted to do. And I, I quit and I realized I could like do this thing on my own. And like just yesterday I got my, um, my confirmation that my business has been set up with the government. <laughs> and, uh, and I don't know, but like, so that's like a, a a long long thing of like how I found web design and all of that kind of stuff and and it's it's so fun and the amount of things that you can do are like so creative and it's just like an art within itself and and I started doing these um uh these reaction videos on on YouTube <laughs> of uh uh going through other people's websites and just like making it almost like a daily habit to just record my first reaction to a website uh that somebody else made who's like a lot of the time like way more skilled and has way more experience than I do and just seeing how people will like take the same types of information whether it's like a portfolio whether it's something else and just the the amount of creativity that they have and technical skill to make that happen I think is just like an art within itself and it's like so cool and i don't know that's that's just all all that i feel about it so like that was a very long story so like what do you think of that that story that i just told you firstly uh programming coding uh, as you said you feel like you're painting with uh code uh, is definitely true uh uh, my father uh, is uh, a professor at the university and they didn't have um, uh, co coding or uh, 
programming subjects when he was attending college. So he, uh, just like me, he did that uh, all on his own. He learned from some books about C Sharp, C++, Java. He knows like a ton of languages. Um, and he used that to uh, get his PhD. And after that, wow. not even after that, even before that, uh, uh, the same as me. When I sit down at uh, my PC and uh, spend the whole day creating songs, uh, he does absolutely the same, just his programming. And I have a folder with uh, thousands and thousands of songs. Uh, he has a folder with thousands and thousands of programs. It's basically the same thing. Uh, it is an uh, art form uh, of itself because with code, you can be really, really, really creative. Uh, but the problem with code is uh, people uh, don't have the patience uh, for uh, using it. Luckily now, uh, OpenAI and a lot of different companies are creating uh, uh, coding uh, with uh, artificial intelligence uh, assistance, for example, uh, GitHub Copilot uh, uh, is the web developer or uh, developer uh, killer <laughs> because everybody thinks, you hey, know, I'm going to lose my job because uh, you don't even need to code anymore, just like Webflow, it's a framework. Um, you just type in your thoughts. Uh, how would you like your div to uh, look like? Uh, and it autocompletes, generates uh, a CSS, HTML, and JavaScript block. You can even animate it with just words. Uh, mm -hmm. So um, the industry is growing and growing, and I think that uh, websites are uh, a future those are just like little stores you when you walk into a store uh, in person you see they designed the whole interior it has a theme it has its philosophy it has uh, uh, its articles it uh, has everything when you go on a website uh, you should probably have to feel the same just like you walked into somebody's store and it requires uh, some kind of uh, design uh, and what people are doing now with uh, 3D. Uh, not just even 3D, some people incorporate something that it's not even visual with artificial intelligence and you're like, oh, what is happening? Uh, how did they make this? Uh, uh, I think it's the future. That's my opinion. That's everything you said. I agree with you. It makes me feel a lot happier to know that I won't spend three hours looking for why my code isn't working and then realize that I put a dot instead of a comma and I couldn't see it because <laughs> I'm half blind already. It just seems like a lot of wasted energy when, when, it, when it comes to that kind of thing, like trying to find this, this super small thing that really isn't relevant to the whole story uh, that you're, you're making. Um, but yeah, when, when you talk about that, like, uh, I, w w the idea of, uh, people being like, oh, like this is, uh, so much easier to use. Like, 
I'm going to lose my job. Like so other people feeling that like I, the, when I, I was talking to somebody um, who uh, was more WordPress uh, in that world, um, they were like super against Webflow. They, they didn't think it was uh, great. They, but also um, they had, they never used it before and they only heard about it in passing. Uh, and then when I used it and, um, I don't even know. It's like, it was just like literally like a, like a, a ticket for me to just, uh, uh, figure it out. <laughs> and it's like, uh, uh, I remember when I, when I was in, in high school, I used to consider, um, my acceptance to college, like a golden ticket out of my, my town because, uh, I, I was from like a suburban area where, uh, it's, it's a, it's a nice area. It's just, I was like kind of bored and I wanted to go see other things so this was like my golden ticket to go experience something else and then finding Webflow was like my golden ticket um out of uh strictly uh uh branding and and graphic design I do like those but it's like it's not all that I wanted to do and and being able to like breathe life into things and make things interactive and I like what you said when you you said that um it's kind of like a, a place um, the websites, like uh, if you think about like the Amazon uh, website or something that you don't really feel like that's a page. It kind of feels more like a place. And uh, yeah, like the number of, of things that are um, uh, like companies and businesses that just like don't have physical stores and have everything online. It makes it even more important that it's like an experience in a place that you visit rather than just like a page. And I think that's when like, interface uh designers and and user experience designers come in and like can just make this like this really really cool experience if they put like a ton of research and testing in it um to really understand like what you want and what you don't even know what you want and all of these cool features it's like oh it's just so cool especially when you like don't really understand how they did it or how they knew that you wanted that it's just oh it's just so cool Well, it's the yeah. whole aspect now that you mentioned like stores becoming more online and less uh, in person. You have to replace the tactile feel of the product with something else. And that's why user interface and design has become such an important thing because it's very hard to, for instance, if you're buying a specific, I don't know, perfume, you can't go into the store and try it out. So you need to like get sort of the feel for it through the art and the display on screen. At least that's how I understand it. Uh, yeah, I don't know I... how you would buy things by perfume. Like before, we didn't think we could buy shoes online, and then like Zappos became a thing. What? Don't What's you remember that? Zappos? It was like the original um, uh, buying shoes online before Amazon bought it, and now you now it's super normal to buy shoes online. But uh, like five or ten years ago, that was like not nobody would do that. Buy shoes online. I have never heard of that. Uh, It must have been an an American thing, specifically. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm also trying not to crush the microphone cord underneath my chair, because I just noticed the wheel (laughs) ran over it. Um, That's a new microphone! (laughs) It won't... It's not the microphone itself, it's a cord. Okay. If it breaks, I'll swap it. Uh, I I hear the phase in your voice, so um, be careful electricity and stuff <laughs> uh i i have something to say uh about um what you just said uh uh in regards to something that i was saying uh 
moments ago about why I uh, am studying Japanese and not something related and all the people who are um, uh, who are uh, telling you why are you speaking with painters, uh, musicians, etc. Um, just like you said, uh, people can't go to stores. Some stores uh, don't have uh, the space to do so so they do it online and they talk to user uh, interface and experience designers to uh, to create something uh, and when they're talking to a client they are not talking about yeah we can uh, uh, create this for you and that's it they learn about the company they uh, learn what other people like uh, specifically the clients and uh, when you realize that technology is advancing so much more that uh, your technical skills uh, will uh, not be uh, important anymore. You, After Webflow, there's definitely going to be something I want to create. Uh, I've I seen this. It's called GPT. GPT is uh, a uh, AI language model where you can basically create me a page that is similar to Instagram with uh, a banner on top and uh, uh, add story on bottom, for example. And uh, the the language model whips out a picture uh, with all the necessary code and visuals, uh, just like an Instagram page. And uh, when you look at it, uh, your technical skills won't be uh, those that matter. Webflow will be webflowed. After webflow, there will be a general uh, AI that will help in create uh, uh, different kinds of pages. So uh, uh, who do you think will uh, be the one to get the job? Uh, somebody that, ha that has a high education or somebody that uh, uh, knows how to use something that is outdated. True. Yeah, like imagine, I was talking to somebody that uh, was, he, he was talking about the tool that he was using and he was like, well, you know, like the tool that I'm using, like this thing, this program isn't like my identity. Like the uh, the skills that I have can go from place to place so like yeah it's it's uh always being open to things and trying new stuff because yeah things get outdated like things that were around like 12 years ago aren't around anymore and people's careers are like 40 years long 50 years long yeah that's that's just a thought that i had uh i had while you were speaking about uh what i said about stores and then walking in, talking to designers and creating something that is. Um, I have thoughts that I, uh, I obsessively uh, like to think about the future, uh, but not in an anxious way. Uh, rather, uh, in uh, I like to predict the future, what will happen. So uh, I spend my time reading about very, very different. But what did you say? Like reading about Nostradamus and predicting the future. <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
you always know what I'm going to say. <laughs> You're like a mind reader, man. <laughs> this is also a sarcasm. Uh... All the Nostradamus books I've read. So, yeah. are, what are you a the... wizard? <laughs> Do you remember that meme? No. Yep. Are you? Oh, a wizard? are you? Is that a Harry Potter meme? Uh, no. Oh. Uh, you you can uh, start speaking and I will find it and I will send you. <laughs> I will m multitask. But um, uh, so I guess we we talked about like um uh like growing up we talked about uh what you're doing now and everything like that. Um, are are you allowed at all to talk about? like the projects that you're working on now are just like even like super super vaguely of uh uh like what you're doing now for one thing i can't say anything because i still have to have a meeting but it. vaguely okay. vaguely it's an uh, ios android and a web app uh, and other stuff i can say but uh I have this thing in my life when every time I say something out loud, what I'm doing, uh, I will end up not doing it. Okay, so, got it. <laughs> so I'm keeping my fingers crossed uh, that I will eventually move on with uh, those projects uh, that I currently have, but they're all uh, web development based. So. Got it. Would you use some, like if... Uh... Uh, in the case that uh, this works out and everything like that, would you be using like um, React to do it, or is there something else that you would use um, for? Uh, it, it, is it if it's iOS uh, app? Um, how, how would you develop that? Like, I'm thinking there's Webflow, there's programming, and then there's also React that I've been hearing a lot about. Uh, we're uh, basically a team of so uh, it's all split um, uh, our initial initial uh, idea was to use Django that Python framework okay but uh, creating an iOS and uh, Android app requires a lot more than just uh, one language so mm -hmm. uh, we will probably use Java not JavaScript Java uh, mm -hmm because um friends uh, that i'm working on already know java uh maybe kotlin um but uh the because those dap is a specific it's not static uh, it's dynamic so you have to have a back end so react angular node.js those are similar to Django, but because we know Django and Python, all three of us, um, it's going to be a lot easier than uh, doing everything uh, in too many languages. We're trying to keep it simple. Yeah, yeah. So, I can imagine that gets really uh, tricky and uh, intimidating <laughs> to have that many things working in uh, tandem together. It's really, really intimidating. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. I'm, uh, I'm uh, scared a little bit, but I'm also excited. 
because I'm going to learn all so many new things. Uh, I love learning things, but um, I will mainly be working the front end, uh, and mm. my friends will be working on the back end because uh, front end development comes after designing, um, uh, and they were. And we'll make a connection between the back and the uh, front. I'll be uh, programming all the, uh, I don't know how you say it in English, calls, positive when uh, somebody makes, uh, for example, a post or um, something uh, similar to that. And they will be working. I will also be working with the uh, back end, probably, but... Uh, mainly with uh, databases and data flow, so that makes sense. It's gonna be something. Uh... <laughs> it's gonna be something. It, it... <laughs> that is true. It is going to be something. <laughs> so uh... when when you say that you like talking about the future, like to kind of wrap up, do you have kind of things that? Um, like you have so many different interests, you have so many different things that you're into. Like obviously, music is will always be there. Um, uh, what kind of things would you want to do in the future? I mean, whenever I try to think about anything that's even like five years down the line, I always get it wrong. Um, <laughs> if I go ten years down the line, it's usually the opposite of whatever I think is going to happen. But um, just uh, whatever timeline you you're comfortable talking about, like what uh what kind of goals or or things um uh are you thinking about for like the next couple of years uh, when i was younger uh i used to have detailed plans of what uh i what i will be doing now i do not have any detailed plans uh, what i will be doing uh i mainly focus uh, on the now and trying to learn new things that uh, can have a future. I don't know what future those things can be, but uh, I have a, um, a somewhat image. It's not like I do not uh, learn. It's not like I'm going to learn something that I don't think it will benefit me in the future. Uh, something must be there, uh, like web development. Okay. Uh, I uh, I'm going to learn this, and uh, whatever I will be doing uh, will be um, beneficial to me. That's the most I think about uh, uh, the future in those terms. When thinking about the future, um, uh, what I meant was uh, that I tend to go overboard with uh, theories. Uh, for example, what will happen? Um, those theories help me uh, decide uh, something that I will do, like web development. Uh, when uh, I see something like GPT and uh, AI language models that will definitely replace a lot of jobs, um, I like to think, uh, when will that happen? What is how how am I going to react to those stuff? Because when I see, I know a lot of people that don't even know how to use a PC properly. Uh, they don't know. I'm not going to name uh, <laughs> those people, but I know people who are not old, uh, 
don't know how to copy a file from the downloads folder to the desktop. It's basically oh my. just the same. Uh, and when I think about the future, I don't uh, want to end up like uh, basically most of our parents who don't know how to use uh, uh, phones. Uh, I have my mother comes up to me. Yeah, yeah can you, can you send this email uh, or something similar? Yeah. Uh, and when I think about the future, I think about it in terms of uh, what uh, new stuff will I learn, and uh, when I go overboard, uh, where will uh, where can that stuff lead me? And then I go mm. even more overboard, and I tend to think in sci-fi thoughts. But that's uh, another theme, and we are wrapping up. So, uh, if I start, I'm not going to stop. Uh, this is something that I I like to ask people because it's it's uh fun how everybody has like a different thing to say about it. Um, I like knowing what you know now. Um, and uh, uh, how how your your life panned out and all of these different uh interests that you had. Um, if you could, uh, talk to yourself when you were in your, like, uh, uh, seven-year-old, 11-year-old parkour phase or anything like that, do you think that you would, there would be any advice that you would give yourself? Not, like, changing the past or anything, but even, like, uh, I don't know, just, just, like, any, anything, if you had the opportunity to talk to him, would you say anything at all? Let me think for a moment. I wouldn't say something typical, typical like don't stress too much or stuff. I would give myself advice. This may sound very um, poverty, or fake, or even not surface level. Surface shallow. level, shallow, 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 shallow. shallow. Uh, I would say. Uh, don't get into art not because uh, I don't like uh, the present that is now uh, mm, mm, that is uh, going on right now but just because I would like to imagine how I would turn up to be uh, mm -hmm. not getting in uh, um, creative stuff more than uh, logical stuff maybe I would be a school shooter freak <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah. <Learn> okay <laughs> maybe <laughs> um, uh... yeah like that um like sometimes I think about what what my life would be like if I did something different or if I um or if like I didn't join the crew team and I didn't meet Lazar, or like if I didn't do X Y Z, and I'm I I'm thankful for um for everything that's that's happened to me and all the decisions that I've made because that's where I am now and I'm I'm happy with it. But it is kind of interesting sometimes. Like um, I remember when I was in in high school, I was super interested in in law for some reason, and I I wonder like what my life would be like if I if I went that way, but um, but that's it's interesting that that's 
you is that is that like a, just a curiosity of like kind of like a parallel universe of just seeing what that would be like um if you uh just like took the other door when you were presented with pretty much like a couple set of options uh, i had to choose between many doors and i opened all of them <laughs> no this is a joke um, um i don't know uh i don't uh, think that i made uh, big mistakes or that i'm making mistakes we all make mistakes that's inevitable through mistakes uh, we learn and just like you said you're thankful you uh, that you are uh, right here where you are you're um comfortable with uh, who you've become um and just because of that, I know who I am. I'm super aware of myself. Uh, I know I say stupid things, uh, inappropriate things. Uh, I'm, I'm basically, I'm not gonna say I'm in love with myself, but there are many songs. Um, uh, the best one that would describe that feeling of uh, uh, what I think about myself now would be the Kanye West song I thought about killing you. Um, oh really? Which is really controversial but because I was really deep into poetry. Uh the song is just about um accepting who you are, loving yourself and not uh having uh, a general thing that people tend to um, think about themselves. So when I say, uh, I would say, don't go into art. Uh, well, it is not, uh, uh, those are not words of caution. Those are words of sheer curiosity because I know I'm aware of everything. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so, so this was really fun. I've, I've, I've only, this is the first time I ever did like a, a podcast with two people. So, like before we say goodbye and stuff, like how did what do you think? Did you guys have fun? <laughs> Lazar uh, uh, didn't talk as much because he was uh, here to help and hang out and stuff like that. But what do you guys think? I had fun, although I yeah. never know if because there's a bit of an echo in the room, so I have no idea if me talking just makes a big disturbance in sound or not. Oh no, I think it's good. Uh, uh it's good yeah uh yeah. i had uh fun uh um i said some stupid things <laughs> that, <laughs> that i wish i did not say but yeah <laughs> that's the price you pay when uh being super aware and uh saying things out loud that you think uh but other than that i think it was fun yeah. uh this this is uh really i would say i don't know how to describe it but one of the best experiences uh uh i had uh, in the past two two three four five years oh, i never thought i never uh i never thought i would be uh, uh on um uh, a podcast i never imagined that so I accepted this uh, knowing that I will uh, be uh, saying everything I will probably not listen to this 
because <laughs> I started with one accent, ended in another, then now speaking totally differently. Uh, well, what? <laughs> so, there are very few things on the planet cringier than listening to yourself speak on camera. Oh, you're telling me. Oh my gosh, that's like a, a daily thing in my life. Oh yeah, Listening I'm to myself list- talk. So often I'll be like in the kitchen and just like wince and Lazar's like, are you okay? I'm like, no, I just remembered I said something. Oh, yeah. yeah, I'm not listening to this specific podcast. I'm going to dodge it like the plague. I don't want to hear myself talk. It'd be embarrassing. Yeah. No, you're going to be fine. But, uh, but thanks, thanks for coming on and everything. Like the, the way that I end it uh, is um, obviously uh, everything that we talked about, like uh, all the contact, all the, the YouTube and stuff like that will be in the description. So if people want to go and find that, they can. Um, but uh, I, I end it with uh, kind of telling people uh, who I am and where they can find me. And then we can end uh, with uh, who you are and where people can find you. Um, does that sound good for you to end the podcast? Yeah. Okay, great. Um, great. Thank you for, thank you for having me firstly. Uh and uh as I said uh on the beginning my name is Lazar. I'm an artist. That's the best description I can give for myself and you can find me on YouTube uh Svijeljubivi. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> how how are you? Uh, end up um, trying to enter that, but that's S V I D J O L J. I lost myself. B I V I. Yeah. Uh, It'll be in the on, description. <laughs> same as the Instagram. Uh, and that's it, basically. Thank Perfect. you. Perfect. Again. A- yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, so uh, um, I'm uh, Emily Giordano. I'm a uh, uh, web designer and Webflow developer. Um, this is obviously the Great Design Lead podcast. And uh, uh, if you want to reach out to me about a project or or anything like that, um, you can uh, find my email, which is uh, Emily, E-M-I-L-Y, at greatdesignlead.com. Or you can find my website, which is greatdesignlead.com. Dot com or the YouTube channel where I, I do website reactions, which is a YouTube channel by the same name. <laughs> so um, thank you so much to uh, Lazar in Serbia and Lazar in my kitchen <laughs> <laughs> for coming on. It was really fun. And I uh, guess this is just goodbye until the next time we hang out. Yeah. 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 All right. Yeah. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Okay, 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 okay.